Are you sure you would like to delete this record? Understood. Please wait. Behind. 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 Ugh. I'm... I'm so dead. I don't see how this night can get any- Confirmation. Evidence has been deleted. and Irene Hawthorne. But before we get to that, we have to talk about our sponsors. <laughs> Scuba Core Mattress! You've heard me talk about it on the radio a couple of times. Well, what if you wanted to sleep again? Let's talk about mattresses. May I be real with you for a moment, folks? <laughs> just, just talk about something on my mind. Do you know that 65% of Americans have an uncomfortable mattress at night? <laughs> Hilda, you can hear the muffled yet still echoing voice of Chaz Casey, which is covered a little bit by the raucous cheering of the crowd in the stadium outside of you. You are in a small waiting room. It's like a locker room, essentially. And just outside of the flaps to your right is the arena. The finals are finally here. How are you feeling right now? Hilda is a mess of, like, weird feelings. I don't know if she has fully processed everything over these last two to three days, however long it has been. She is in some mixture of, like, nervous, I don't want to be here, and angry that she's so powerless in this situation, and still just afraid that last time... Everyone got mixed up in things that are way, way bigger than us. Yeah, so besides probably a bunch of fine print, why are you here at the duel? Last time it was to challenge Oset Scuba for the Necromon, but Irene freed all of them during the fight with Maybelline. His collection, with the exception of the cards on his like little gauntlet card thing, with the exception of those cards, his collection, at least the collection in the valley, is flushed out. It's gone. You've got nothing to take from him. Yeah, Hilda definitely has no reason left to proceed with the original bargain. Right now, the only reason Hilda actually showed up to this stage was because of Irene. Aww. She was worried that Irene would be sad. Oh, she would too. 
But Irene isn't in here with you. Irene's in the locker room, presumably across the stadium. Mm. Is anyone in here with you? Did you bring in anyone for support, like any of the other PCs or your moms or anyone like that? Or is it just you and Booker? Um, no, I, I think I think Hilda's moms would definitely be there. Okay. I think Freddy would be there, but I'm assuming Walnut would not, because I'm assuming Walnut would just say no. Oh. Odds days there, evens days not. Walnut is there. Hey! You can see Walnut is kind of shaking their leg a little bit, like just tapping it with anxious energy. As Freddy is just aimlessly going from locker to locker, like, oh, this one has gym clothes as well. <laughs> that makes 60% gym clothes. <laughs> Which is weird, considering you're not in a uniform. On to the next locker. And he's just slowly going from place to place. Your moms are supporting you. Alina's just like, Hilda, honey, are you doing everything okay? And no, 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 don't mess up the makeup because, oh, you got clown makeup on, baby. It's a special day. You probably convinced your moms to make it a little subtle, but they're going to like make you look a little nice. I think Hilda would normally protest a lot harder, but either from shell shock or a sense of grim determination, she does not this time. Laser eyes, furious rage, as just like cute little circles are going on her cheeks. <laughs> does she have little pigtails? Yes. Oh. Walnut is... Walnut isn't quite sure what Day wants to do. Uh, Walnut will occasionally go to say things, but when Alina jumps in with something else, we'll kind of just like be quiet again. And if Alina is ever like, oh, did you want to say something? Walnut just won't speak. Hilda will then attempt to take action, <laughs> her own initiative, and say, I'm, I'm sorry things have been weird, and I'm sorry that I haven't been a very good duelist. I haven't lived up to the ideal of being a duelist the way you have you certainly deserve to be here in the semifinals more than i do because i just i just got lucky with a strong partner so yeah so uh, uh anyway so yeah the duel um yeah tell me about the duel and the more you talk about the more like you just kind of lucked into it walnut gets more anxious and then just deflects into being like uh so you're fighting <sighs> you're fighting against irene right irene's very strong it's true. I don't know if I can beat her. Record. No, I believe in you too, buddy. Booker's particularly upset because he's been feeling a little more sprightly since getting that extra page. In fact, I gave Tom a list of permanent upgrades he could give Booker in response to him reclaiming one of his pages, to which Tom chose the move It's Super Effective, which gives Booker strengths and weaknesses based on his element. Which I suppose doesn't really affect the duel, where the, you know, the light puts Booker at full strength anyway, but still. I mean, it was a close swing last time. We might have them, but Irene also has more Necromon now, so. <laughs> Either way, I think this will be the last time I'm in a, a tournament because this is, this is not exactly what I was looking for. I just wanted to do cool stuff with Necromon with my friends and all of the pressure from the competition and then how messed up Oset Scuba turned out to be is it's just this is not exactly what I was looking for. 
You just got a sympathetic, like, tuba or trombone noise from Mom Yulia, <laughs> who I realize I've never physically described, so I just want to mention this pear-shaped woman in suspenders with massive clown pants and red hair that puffs out from the side of a head that is just covered by a giant trombone that she's playing sympathetically. Read the room, Mom. Except she doesn't actually say that. She would just start re- she'd just start reading things on the wall. <laughs> she'd go up with Freddie and be like, all right, let's start reading. Um, Walnut tries to understand, and they're like, uh, no, 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 they're turning. All right, well, let's, 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 let's see how you feel after you're the champion. And just like, Irene. I'm, I'm not going to be the champion, but I'm going to do one thing better than that. I'm going to keep being your rival so that you can become stronger and face me at my full strength, too. Inbookers still have a lot of cool tricks. We're cool. So even if I'm not the champion, uh, I'm hoping that you'd still be willing to duel with me. Like, in a friendly, not-in-a-tournament way, if that's all right. We'll only convince somebody with heart. All right, let's do this thing. That's a 10. Walnut doesn't quite know what to make of that. I bought a rival, rival with someone like yeah, rivals with Irene. I mean, that's uh, the one that's um. And as Day tries to process, you start hearing cheering from outside, and Begin! or something like that. And so Walnut turns to Freddy. He says, "Freddy, Freddy, Freddy, the duel, the, it's starting. We're starting. We got, we got, we got, we got to get to good seats. We got to get to good seats." Yulia says to Alina, I'm committing to this. <laughs> He's making her a Charlie Brown parent god. Uh, Alina says, all right, good, good, good. And she does a couple of brushes and just gives you a kiss on the forehead and a little honk on uh, your nose, just a little squeeze, like squeezing a clown horn. And yeah, they all run off and Walnut says, uh, you, you got it, Hilda. Even if she's got more Necromon, you've got good things in your corner too. And Walnut runs off, and as a reward for your ten, you notice on the bench next to you that Day has left behind a Necromon card with an Otakova on it. Oh, we're cool. Booker glares. <laughs> Look, I I can't leave it here. We're cool. And he lifts up his front little leg and like points at it mm-hmm. and. St- Sticks his little eye stalks up at Hilda like, I'm seeing this. Are you seeing this? Rekub. Yeah, I'm seeing it too. Rekub. Hilda's going to pick up the Otakova card. Which is good because Booker had lunged for it. (laughs) (laughs) And you're going to walk out? Yeah. It's got the oppressive rigidity of a clock. The constant beat pushing you forward. But it's not a gentle TikTok, no. It's the stomping of the crowd who are cheering and hooting and hollering, almost like almost like a bunch of hungry predators. You're hearing music play. Uh, what kind of music would Hilda choose as her intro song? My 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 gut says it's the fucking 
band music, like marching band music. <laughs> I love it though. I love it. You come out to marching band music. And you're able to center yourself around the music a little bit. You can use it to drone out the beating, but it is overwhelming sensations. As you walk to one side of a giant arena, it looks like a basketball court, but each side has a giant tower with a ladder that you have to climb on and you will lead your necromon from on top of this platform on top of the tower. Above the tower, you can see the dome has a glass ceiling through which a blinding light is cast upon you by the scorching rays of the sun, which feel just a little bit closer because this stadium is built on the side of the scuba core space scraper, so you are alarmingly oh, close to space again. No. God damn it. Why? And I don't want to go back to space. As you get to the top, you notice that Irene is not there yet, and the crowd dies down, and a different song begins. Irene, what would your song be? Um, intense classical music. And on the other side, we have the most ferocious, most tenacious, most fearsome, future greatest necromon trueringer of all time. Her words, not mine, folks. Irene Hawthorne. The symbols crash. <laughs> and everyone starts to cheer and hoot and holler, and this continues and goes and goes and and goes and. And then it starts to fade out a little bit, and the song loops, and Irene's not on the podium, and Irene didn't come out of the locker room on the opposite side, and- Hilda is already walking across the stadium to, like, over to the other locker room to try and check for Irene, see if she's okay. You make your way down, and you make your way across, and at this point the clapping is just- very stilted, uncomfortable, and confused. Well, uh, what was what was that? Blah, 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 blah. What? Uh, excuse me. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, and you didn't think to, uh, you know, you could have told me before this. <laughs> so I don't. What do you ex? What, what do you expect me to do? Can we give her a little more? Can't get, okay. And as you're walking through the other side, you just hear Chaz Casey say, uh, Hilda Miskevich wins! And the band music starts playing again. <laughs> Hilda is some mixture of fear and fury of like, Irene did not just forfeit me through to the champions. Uh-uh, no way. Mmm. So is that what you're thinking about as you burst through the other locker room? Well, Hilda doesn't want to think about what this potentially means for Irene. Everything's fine. Nothing is fine and nothing will ever be fine again. I'm establishing you as my rival. What do I see? You see three men. Although men is the wrong word. They're tall figures. They have long black coats round sunglasses and black trilby hats and their faces are expressionless where's irene in unison the three overseers look to you they motion in unison their hands to the door widen their teeth and just go 
speaking, if you can call it that, through a horrible clacking of their teeth. Hilda is going to slowly, trying not to take her eyes off of the overseers, and just holding Booker tight, head in the direction they have indicated. You follow the overseers out of the building. As you walk out, you see a couple of other things. In front of you, right in front of the building, you see a large black hearse, which is surrounded by a bunch of other overseers, one of whom seems to be talking to Kike. He would ask for, like, a credential showing their position of authority and, like, an official summoning document. Okay, so yeah, they, Hilda, you come down and you see that they're showing Kike that they've got an official summons, it's signed, it's printed, it's got little ghost ectoplasm lined across it like someone doing a blood oath. <laughs> they're just showing Kike all of this, like, very formal documentation. Right, you better not make it long. You probably know there's a tournament going on, and I came here with people. Yeah, that means, like, it's gonna be really long. So I I would still... I would still ask you to be efficient in your procedures. Sure it is. Am I being summoned too? They turn to you and go. They're saying yes. <laughs> Why is a kid being summoned too? I mean, I assume they like parked my car somewhere. Incorrect. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't me. It was Ariel driving the car. I parked my car wrong. That's why we have 10 FBI agents here. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, ha- it has happened before. <laughs> Hilda doesn't like this. Oh dear. I. Mm. She'll go up and like squeeze Kike's hand a little bit and say, "We'll just, we'll just stick together." Kike will return that because he can feel that it's uh, like Hilda needs it more than Kike does. He's just annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> so you get in the hearse in the back. Hilda, if she's being allowed to, will text her moms what's happening. Yeah, as you're in the back of the hearse. You're in the back where the coffins are. Uh, they didn't take your phone. They didn't take anything from you. So yeah, you can text your mom. My dad's hearse was really tricked out. It had bean bags in the back. This one does not have bean bags in the back. It has handcuffs. Oh dear. You are driven through the valley, and the valley just seems so much more colorless right now. It seems so much more grim, and that only amplifies as you get driven to a small courthouse with a modest clock tower. And the door is opened for you to enter the Bureau of Intermortal Enforcement. Tick, tock, tick, tock. By sound alone, you can tell that whatever space you've just walked into is much bigger than its modest exterior would suggest. Above you, colossal ivory clock hands let out a booming tick-tock, tick-tock that reverberates through the cold stone lobby. As if moved by the clock's sound waves themselves, dozens of faceless workers in black and white attire float across the marble floor, in the center of which, the shadow of the clock looms over a circle of expanding engraved rings, 
the silhouette of its hands reaching across them all. In between the rings, you can read the words, from the here to the hereafter to the afterworlds. You walk forward and you are motioned towards a figure sitting behind a receptionist's desk. White dress, black, you know, little blazer on top of it. Her eyes are noted by these thin square glasses, these narrow square glasses, and she's got subtle black lipstick. And these figures are accentuated so much that you almost don't notice right away that she doesn't have ears. And this receptionist looks to you and says, Hello, welcome to the Bureau of Intermortal Enforcement. Could you please provide your identification? You summoned me here, so surely you must have My it. apologies. One second, please. And the figure which is in this rotating chair rotates herself 120 degrees, and you see another torso, so another set of arms and legs. This time, however, she does not have a mouth, but she does have ears which have glittering book earrings on them. Cursed. And she looks at you and kind of motions for you to continue. Uh, I already said it. You summoned us here, so surely you must have our identifications. Kike's unfazed by this body horror person. She puts up a finger and looks down and reads through some things and nods for a second and then rotates another 120 degrees. This time, the torso and the body that is facing you has ears and a mouth, but no eyes. Christ. And this face, all of the same person, says, Ah, yes, Aurelio Enrique Ueso Kanaka and Hilda Miskevich. There we go. You have been summoned to the penitentiary waiting room. You can go over there in order to visit your penitentiary patient. But before you do that, we do need you to leave behind some sort of identification. You can pick it up when you get back. Anything will do, a school ID, a driver's license, or even, sir, and she motions to you, your hand. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. Como siempre, pidiendo hasta la mano del muerto aquí. No, I, I... I can give you a pinky if you want. <laughs> I am not giving you la mano del muerto in this case. Unfortunately, sir, Bite does not negotiate. Our rules are very stringent. Ah, uh, yes, but before asking me for my hand, you say anything will do. So you are sort of contradicting yourself, and <laughs> I am taking it from the first stipulation you said. So, pinky. I will accept this. <laughs> She takes your pinky and puts it in the drawer. Hilda will hand over a school ID. Okay. Uh, so you want to go to the, uh, the the waiting room for the penitentiary? It would appear we have no choice. Yeah, want to. <laughs> you go. As you go in, it's one of those standard waiting rooms. So you know the ones where you've got the glass wall and then you've got the phone on both sides as people are talking. You see a handful of folks talking. Most of them you don't recognize, although in the corner you do see a poor scuba core employee being berated by a very disheveled Maybelline. <laughs> Her hair has been de-poofed. The pink highlights are already fading out a little bit. Sucks to suck. And she's like, I think your pure adherence is just so admirable. And I will praise you for that when you let me out and I get my position again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I might just have to fire you. 
sorry. And you notice that there aren't any empty phone booths. But one of them has someone you do recognize. Sparky Malarkey, what have you been doing as you've been waiting for the past couple of minutes? <laughs> you scared me. I was Wait, like, Sparky's the one in jail? Not no. in jail. She's on the outside. Oh. You scared me, though. I was like, wait, why was I arrested? No, you're Maybe not. Aliens in jail, not, not me. You're not arrested. You're waiting. I didn't kill anyone with my van. Um, I like to think that I was at Scuba Corps up to my usual bullshit, being like, I have to find the Rutabaga boy. And then they escorted me politely off the premises. <laughs> like, hey, you're needed over here. I imagine that I got a similar summons, if that is indeed why I am here. Yep, you got a summons as well. Okay, I, ima- I like to imagine that was when I was. You only got you only got one overseer, though. Sparky was not considered important enough for me. Wow! And I'm at their building every day. I am a threat, at least an annoyance. This is just fucking insulting. Okay, yeah, you get the same as everyone else. All right, so yeah, the two of you see Sparky there. Boss, do you have any idea what's going on? Irene disappeared, and then all of these strange guys showed up, and I have no idea what's happening. Do I know any more than the rest of them? Nope. Okay, um... Sparky, thinking of the best way to lie. Sparky narrows her eyes then. (laughs) See, I know everything, and, um... Says, I can't say for sure, but it is suspicious that the both of you were called looking for Irene, was it? Yeah. Yeah, it surely it's 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 suspicious that we got called here. Like I'm not surprised that you are in a place <laughs> like this, though I probably would find you in the other side of the uh there probably was sort of a mistake on where they placed you. But in any case, aren't you an investigative reporter? Shouldn't you know these things? Isn't that, like, your job? Sparky rolls her eyes and says, You know, as a matter of fact, I was actually pulled off of a different case for this, so my priorities are a little bit uh, different right now. Don't know what this is about, but just just for the record, um, I've never actually done anything illegal. She says, like a liar. <laughs> uh, I can count with all of my fingers, including the one I left back in the front desk. <laughs> the desk just rattles a little bit as PK picks up that finger. A lot of illegal things that you have done in my property alone. But that is besides the point. Uh, uh, Sparky had forgotten about that debacle where she definitely did an illegal thing <laughs> in like episode two. The one that led to the events the of one three days even, ago. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. So she will actually look a little bit sheepish, and then she is going to divert attention from herself and say, isn't it funny that Maybelline's over there? Maybelline glares at you. I don't care. (laughs) In fact, I relish in it. It gives me more power. (laughs) I don't know if funny is really the word I'd use for a boss. Ah, kid, develop a sense of humor. as, As nasty as she is and was, I'm not sure anybody deserves to be locked up by these overseers. You gotta learn to take joy where you can get it, kid. She has a point, and I don't see. I don't. <gasps> I don't usually say that often. I mean, I don't really. You do not. No, I don't really care about this Ma- Ma- Maybelline person. <laughs> but I understand feeling the joy at seeing somebody behind that partition. Uh, I will say, if Irene is in there, though, that would not give me joy. So the door opens up on the other side of the room. And Emily, what do they see? A very crabby child. Oh no! I guess in handcuffs. (laughs) (laughs) 
Kid! Irene, Irene, what's going on? What happened? They can't do this. You had to say it, Kike. <laughs> she lifts up her hands together and does a little the little phone signal. <laughs> oh, no. Because she can't hear you. Oh, that's right. Hilda grabs up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> All of us are crowding around yeah. the one phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Irene, Irene, what's going on? What happened? Irene, what the fuck? Do I know what's going on? Um, I'm gonna say yeah. Yeah, you don't know the specifics, but you know what you have been accused of. I have been accused of murder. Uh, what? I what? Who? Why? How? She shrugs her shoulders. Aren't they required to tell you that? Um, potentially. They read me some of my rights, but I would have loved for it to be slightly more comprehensive. I just imagine like Ron 13 is like, uh, yeah, you got rights. Uh, that's probably good enough, right, Ron 12? Yeah, it sounds good enough to me, Ron 13. All right, perfect. Yeah, you got rights. Is they just shoving you in the car? Do you know you have rights? Constitution says you do. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you are entitled to a lawyer. Do you have one? Have you been provided one? We'll find you a lawyer, Irene. We can do that. Do, have, do I have a lawyer? Sparky awaits eagerly for this answer. Sparky in particular. Unfortunately, the sole defense attorney, Phoenix White, spelled W-I-G-H-T, is occupied at the moment. That's why one of you is here, at least. And you can see the door shut as Elliot is just kind of standing there looking at all of you. I'm a chemist, so it's not me. <laughs> Hilda is going to look at Sparky. I assume that the chair, if there is a chair or three in front of the little phone booth, yeah. is not a rolly chair, but can I make it a rolly chair for funsies? Sure, you don't have to spend me an AP for that. Because what I want to do is kick back from the little table so the rolly chair glides smoothly backwards, and I'm giving Elliot a death glare as I coolly skid backwards. And I say, are you saying you're not up to the job? He looks offended at that. Good! Sparky, please. I could do... I could easily do it if I want to. Unfortunately... Unfortunately, my brother is an asshole, she says, using a word that she does not use. Shush, Irene, the adults are speaking. He doesn't even know what you said. He just, like, motions to you. (laughs) Unfortunately, the prosecutor's office is just... It's just so busy right now that we have to take every case that's given to us. And in this case, the overseers found fit that, um, found fit that I preside over this case. Sparky stands up, walks straight up to Elliot, stands an inch away from him and says, You do know that's worse, right? So if I understand correctly, you are going against your sister? I wouldn't consider it against my sister. I'm simply filling my role in the cog of the... Cosmic clock of life. You are such a... That makes no sense. How can you say something like that? Everything has its place, and if everything works in its place, then things go smoothly. I will work my job as best I can, and provided my poor, enfeebled sister did somehow kill a man, then I will prove it. So the lack of defense lawyers is also part of this well-oiled machine, is it? That's working just as you intended? Sparky, I don't pretend to have any precedence over the machine, but I will say the powers that be were working in our favor this time. No defense attorney, someone with wonderful ambition, 
this could be a great stepping stone for you, Sparky. You know, you don't pretend to have any decency either, and that's the only saving grace about you. And then she turns and sits down and says, tell me everything, kid, and gets out a notebook with her with her sli- with her uh, smackbook pro. And, and everyone else can say things, but Sparky's just going to be taking furious notes the rest of the conversation. <laughs> Hilda will listen, but will be giving just a ice cold death glare at Elliot for as long as he is in the room. He's just standing there. He's he's. He is waiting his turn. How polite. Irene's making angry little grabby hands. Yeah, Kik is going to just alternate between glaring at Elliot and like apprehensively look at Sparky, like internally thinking, I don't I don't know if Sparky is the best <laughs> defense option in here, but like, you know, and like internally thinking what? that he might wow. look for other options. Fuck you! I am a little concerned to ask this, but are you an actual lawyer, Sparky Malarkey? You know you have to go to law school for that, don't you? Well, Elliot passed, so it can't be that hard. <laughs> he scoffs. What are the criteria for being a defense lawyer, Elliot? Are there any? Or is that just how the state of the uh, justice system is? He flicks out a small yellow badge with scales of justice on them. Fuck him. And just sets it on the table and says, that really. And you have to be a better person than Elliot, which is not very hard. He doesn't know what you said, but he knows it was mean. So he just gives you like a really upset smile. Sparky holds up a high five to do with Irene through the glass. <laughs> Irene, Irene looks at her and slowly raises up her <laughs> Mirroring her to be supportive, Sparky puts her other hand up on the glass and does a weird non-handcuffed high five. So I have a lawyer question mark, a detective, and a person who is going to avenge me in the Necromon tournament. I, I, I will certainly... Won't we miss the tournament, though, dealing with your case? This is more important now. Unfortunately, that is the way it aligns. Normally, cases take a while, but Scubacore wanted this one wrapped up relatively quickly. Mm, everything working as it should, huh? The trial is tomorrow, and there will be a verdict. By the end of the day. Uh, that sounds illegal. Yeah, I am no lawyer, but that doesn't sound like a thing that should be permitted. So the Bureau says it is, so it is. If the powers that be had any objection to it, we would have heard by now. Don't bother trying to reason with Elliot. He doesn't understand reason. He doesn't understand life. Hey! Sparky also offers her hand for a high five with Kike. He begrudgingly does a high five with Sparky. Yes. (laughs) Now, obviously I am being set up. Yes, obviously. So, um, not that I necessarily need assistance because obviously I am very good at things. Um, I can admit when I have not necessarily met certain certifications such as law school or cannot get out of a locked cell to investigate 
Um, and so I would like to request assistance. You got it. Automatically. Of course. Well, Hilda, you you need to win the tournament for me. That would be your assistance. <laughs> Kyle, note to self, yeah, you gotta have a video of just Tom's face every time. <laughs> Emily says, so you're dueling, right? Sorry, Tom. <laughs> the video game choice comes up. But but Irene, you see, what if there's more important things in life than dueling? <laughs> Irene gives you a look. Like she just can't she can't process what you just said. So anyway, lawyer, <laughs> do you have a plan? Do you have a plan, lawyer? Crossing his arms. <laughs> well, first, um, who was murdered? Some scuba corps employee named Sammy Esther. Sparky drops her smackbook bro. She wasn't even holding it. It just like drops. <laughs> and she says, Sandy Esther? <laughs> Sammy. Sammy Vester? Sparky Malarkey. Sammy Esther, boss. Step it up. Like, why did the specifics of the name matter, Sparky? <sighs> did you know this guy? I, I his name sounds familiar to me. We saw him, I think, <sighs> back at the tower. I have been trying to find him. Well, he's dead, apparently. For three days. Dead again, technically. Oh, that is not good. That is not good. That is not good. He was a ghost? Go away, Elliot. One of the dead. We haven't seen his classification often, but I haven't seen any living person take the form of a giant stuffed doll, and... No one has been able to find him in the hereafter, so presumably he was one of the dead and, once killed, was sent to the afterworlds. But is there any physical evidence other than him being missing? I know the afterworlds are a little bit more chaotic and harder to locate people, but you still can find ways to do it if you really want to, you know, not accuse somebody of murder or something. Are you questioning Byte's ability? Yes, clearly. I mean, honestly, based on what I have heard right now, maybe. The afterworlds are chaos themselves. You die in the here, you go to the hereafter. You die in the hereafter, you go to the first layer of the afterworlds. And every time you die, you go to another layer further down. The further down you go, the more entropy begins to take in. The more you begin to lose yourself, the more you become unrecognizable. There's a reason the Bureau has shut off access to the afterworlds from the rest of existence. They are far too dangerous. So, since Kicken knew all of this information, while Elliot was saying this, he's just gonna ask Irene, have asked Irene if there was, like, anything else that... She could tell us. I'd like to imagine we're just talking. Yeah, they're just talking over. <laughs> like this is like a well, actually, kind of situation. So Kike is not like we'll keep that in. Not listening to that, but I just didn't want to actually interrupt for the audience. I I love us reframing all of our lore as in universe mansplaining. <laughs> <laughs> I have not been informed of any specific evidence they have against me, but. Someone clearly had to have set up something, otherwise they would not have chosen me specifically. Yeah, it is, it is definitely contrived. 
So does the prosecution have to share any evidence with the defense team? I was under the impression that's how a trial works. A normal trial, yes, but in an expedited trial like this, circumstances change. You have a great investigator, soon to be, lawyer, on your side. I'm sure you'll find all the evidence you need, and- And I'm sure you won't find any! He looks at you, Irene. Don't consider me so heartless. I at least paid off your bail, enough to give you this. And he lifts up two coins. You can see that one of the coins has a heads, one has a tails, and on the other side it's blank. And he hands one of the coins to you, Sparky, and slips the other one to Irene. This is a summoning coin. We bring it out in special circumstances where someone has paid their bail but are considered too dangerous to leave. Essentially, a simple twist of the coin, and you will summon the coin's other half, and it will bring alongside it the soul of whoever is holding onto the coin. Now for folks like, and he kind of just motions to you, KK, him, since their souls and their bodies are one, we can't really do this. Summoning the soul of the dead is like summoning their entire existence. They have no body to speak of. The living, however, since our souls and body are separate, you can use this to bring my dear sister along on your little investigation, and her body will remain safely here in the interim. Ah, you forgot to mention another person this wouldn't work with. You, because you may have a body, but you definitely have no soul. Irene smiles. Sparky offers a fist bump for that one. <sighs> and he's gonna return it. Yes. Nothing brings us all together. <laughs> like hating Elliot Hawthorne. Yeah, this is how our party comes together. <laughs> Fuck Elliot Hawthorne. I'm just gonna put a door slam sound effect. <laughs> and Elliot is gone. Good. Hello, newly minted lawyers and detectives. Before I set you loose on the investigation, I have a briefing for you in the form of an announcement break. Today's briefing, as do most professional briefings, has a written component. So first off, if you would check the description, you will find a link to an end-of-arc survey, which I would absolutely love if you could click. End-of-arc survey, this is just a general audience survey to get an idea of who you are, what you're liking about hereafter, what you want to see out of hereafter. I thought now would be a great time to do it just because we're going to be in a bit of a transitionary period. So by the time the survey is due, we might have started recording next arc, but your feedback will still be extremely helpful. In addition, I've got a slot at the end of it for a Q&A question. So we used to do a Q&A live stream every year. Now we're going to do a Q&A episode and maybe stream while still deciding how that's all going to work between this arc, the end of the scuba core arc, and the next hereafter arc. I should have more information for you by next episode and also definitely on our social media, but all you need to know for now is that your feedback will be extremely helpful 
Every slot on the survey is going to be completely optional. So fill out what you're comfortable with, leave blank what you're not comfortable with. And then again, at the end, you can submit a question for our post-arc Q&A. The end date for the survey is also very TBD. However, I would estimate it's going to be open up for about another month. So while I'll give a specific deadline next episode, if you could fill out the survey by the end of January, again, that would be really helpful. Point is, survey below, please enter by end of January. We also do Q&A sometime when ARC is done. In addition to that, I've got a promo for you today for a show that I have been on called Beholder to No One. Beholder to No One is an award-winning TTRPG podcast that has over 240 episodes. Nikki, the host, releases discussion episodes with guests from the TTRPG community on Mondays. Then on Thursdays, there are alternating shows. Beholder the One-Shot, where Nikki and friends play usually non-D&D-themed games, and then D&D 5e actual plays. You can catch three finished actual play shows right now. There's Behold Clearlight, which is a horror-themed D&D 5e game where things lurk in the mist. Morning Blues, a cowboy bebop-inspired D&D 5 play actual play based in Eberron, and Adventure Academia, which, as you can guess, is a story about a group of academy students who are sent on their first adventure as illegal warlock patrons help guide the way. I wasn't on any of those actual play shows. I was on the Monday discussion episodes. We talked a lot about adapting existing media, which I made a role-playing system based on cartoons. That's adaption is what I do. So it was a very fun discussion. So again, you can find Beholder to No One by searching Beholder to No One through whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on or by checking the link in the description below. All right, that's all I've got for you this episode. As you're about to hear, The State versus Irene Hawthorne is going to be a multi-part episode. Three or four, we're going to find out when we finish recording this weekend. But you'll be able to listen to part two on Monday, January 23rd. I'll see you then. Okay, All right. so let's talk about how this investigation is going to work, because the remainder of today's session, so this episode and next episode, oh, fuck. is going to be reserved for gathering evidence. And then after that, it is time for the trial. So you're saying me having a hard cutoff tonight hurts us, because yeah. that <laughs> means... Our investigation comes to an end at 11, no matter what. Well, I I do have a limitation already. You're going to be limited to about probably four-ish locations you can go to. Mm-hmm. I'd highly encourage you to begin with the murder scene, which you do know is in Osetsuba's office. You know that's where, that's the crime scene. Okay. There we go. You have a little dossier that has that. Sam Yester, he's dead. Here's some basic information about him. A lot of that information actually is on our student handbook, (laughs) the court record. What? So the way this works is over the course of the next two sessions, you are going to gather clues 
people and theories. Motherfucker. These are going to be important both for exploration and they're going to be mechanically important for the trial because these are going to be the only way you'll be able to prove things in the trial. You need hard evidence. Holy shit. So the court record includes, again, it includes any people, clues, or notable theories and testimonies. There is no benefit to splitting up absolutely no benefit at all stay together as a party you don't you don't save time in real life so you're not gonna save time in the game in a phoenix right game you would save time because you have to go to multiple locations within a location <laughs> and like jump back and forth and yet they never actually separate yeah this is this is like the phoenix right case where like there's a half an hour drive and you take it multiple times in a single day that's the kind of time frame we're working on here Will Sparky get, like, a fake badge that she can obnoxiously show? Yes, It's in our inventory already. We have their little badges. You have four clues. So you have an attorney's badge. You have the Oset's dossier, which is the thing Sparky got last adventure that said, wow, Oset really likes Rutabaga, and Sammy is the only one he lets give to him. Uh, You have the first blank booker page, which you've already read, and you can have that message repeat at any time. And then Sparky has the second blank booker page, which she never gave to him. So that might include something helpful. It might not. But it doesn't feel right just giving you those clues and nothing else, because Sammy has been on Sparky's radar since last session. At the very end of that session, um, Sparky connected the dots and figured out she was supposed to be protecting Rutabaga Boy. Rutabaga Boy, yeah. Rutabaga Boy. So I feel like in between, uh, Sparky's gonna, she would try to do that. So you learned your big Rutabaga mystery, which was sparked by a vision, essentially said you have to protect Sammy Esther. Save save the root of it, yeah. Because otherwise the world will end. Um, roll me plus books. Okay. Mm. Actually, that's not that bad. Ten with the plus books. Okay. Every time you go to protect Sammy Esther or learn anything about him, because all you know is that he's at the Scuba Corps Space Scraper because he works for them. Yeah, which is like, I don't really want to go back to super bad, but, you know, this is my job. Literally every time you come, some different overseer or undertaker pushes you away. I have to save the world and I'm getting grumpier day by day. That doesn't fucking happen because of bureaucracy. So you don't you don't get in. But at one point when you get pushed back, you notice something on the ground and you pick it up. Okay. I just have a mysterious item. Mysterious item. <laughs> and so you've had that item for a couple of days now. And in this new context, you realize that it's a clue. You see, the book's roll I just had you do wasn't actually for protecting Sammy. It was for the move Investigate. On a full success for Investigate, you get to ask a specific question about the mystery other than who did the crime, how they did it, or why they did it. These are three things I know, and so three things Ari can't use why would I lie to say. (laughs) Okay. What time did the murder happen? So the item that you picked up after being brushed off by an overseer was in a largely indecipherable... Code feels like the wrong word because it was mostly just bureaucratic jargon. But re-looking at it, you can guess that it was likely a warrant for the arrest of Irene Hawthorne. Okay. And you see that that warrant was put in place 
20 minutes after you landed, uh, after you landed out of jumping out of the space scraper. <laughs> so he presumably died between the last time you saw him, which was before fighting Maybelline and Eddie, and then 20 minutes after that fight ended. And then about what, can we just make up a time frame for that? Like between 11 and 11.20? Yeah, you can, just make up, of, you can just make up times, okay. yeah. We're going to say 11 and 11.20 because I like those numbers. Okay, location one, where are we going? Uh, it was at Scuba's office, right? You walk through the main lobby. You walk up the spiral staircase. You open the office and are greeted to a... What do you think you're doing here? Round 13 and round 12, round 13 and round 12. We are doing interrogations right now. All right, all right. So if you want to be interrogated, you wait your turn. And you see that they were questioning Lucas Bang. No! Who's just there in that room. My sweet boy, he can't stand up to an interrogation. Oh, he's sweating. He he's he's on the verge of tears. He's cried a little bit already. <laughs> like, so what, what makes you think you can come in here? I hold out the badge. We're lawyers now, and as lawyers, we say, stop it. I mean, you're you're just defense lawyers, so, like, we have to let you in, but we, we don't got to be nice about it. You sure haven't, Ben. They high-five each other at that. <laughs> so you said they have to summon me. Yeah. I have already summoned Irene once we get up here. Yeah, let, let's describe this now. So you press the coin, and it continues to spin in the air. And as it does, you notice it gets a little thicker. And suddenly, the other side of the coin, the other head, grafts onto this one. And it's made whole. And in front of you, you see Irene. You think you see Irene. She looks pretty much the same, except you can see right through her. Almost like a phantom. She's a phantom. Hey, kid. Hello. You ready to to do one, uh... Another detective work, the best one yet. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, a ghost! (laughs) Round 12, we see ghosts all the time, it's fine. That's true. (laughs) Also, that's that's categorically a phantom. Uh, You know, phantoms are the souls of uh, those who died unseen or concealed. You know, those who died without anyone knowing who they really were. I I forgot, you're a real scholar there, Round 13. I try, you know, ghostly uh, terminology, that's, I just... I really like uh, taxonomy for ghosts, so. (laughs) Speaking of Irene as a phantom, you have a move called Mr. Cellophane, (laughs) where you can turn invisible at will. But yeah, in the world of hereafter, what form you take as the dead is dependent on the circumstances of your death. And in Irene's case, since her soul has been separated from her body, she's categorically dead. And since she quote unquote died without anyone knowing who she truly is, she's a phantom. Oh no. Wow. That's why Rhonda's a phantom too, because no one celebrated her birthday in life. Well, so what's the lore behind being a skeleton? I knew this question would come up, and I'm just gonna let you ponder it, Ari, okay. and tell me what you think it is. <laughs> he was bone tired. Except this is one of the questions I have. Because Sammy is apparently a rare type of haunted puppet man. (laughs) What does that tell us? He was like, he was somebody's puppet. 
He was very easily manipulated. He was really cute. He's like a doll. He kept getting possessed by demons until he got that tattoo. Until he got that tattoo. To protect him from getting possessed. It's true. <laughs> he was born to be possessed, quite literally. Like, that was his... Speaking of references to Supernatural, spoilers for anyone, <laughs> you see a puppet man in the middle of the floor with a nail stuck through his heart. No! <laughs> they didn't even remove the body? Why would you do this? I mean, it's not a conventional body. Still, like, respect, you know? To describe what you see in the crime scene, you see the spread out stitching. Like, just kind of, he, he seems to be cut all over. There are pieces falling off a little bit. I don't want to get into grisly details, but essentially it's a cut-up doll that's been kind of flattened out, almost as if the stuffing has been taken out of it. Uh, there are a couple of marks, and notably, before you do more investigation, what you see is a giant fucking nail stuck through his heart, and a lot of plant life around him, specifically deadly nightshade. Oh. Now... Question, do we have access, like, in the later Ace Attorney games to, like, DNA testing uh, thing or luminol or something to kind of tell? You are a chemist, Kike. Yeah, I'll let you roll for it. <laughs> okay. So, so Kike immediately just starts scooping shit up. What are you scooping up and what for? Just for fingerprints. Yeah, just for fingerprints. All right, yeah, Kike, you... <laughs> Where's the duster for fingerprints? You just grab it out of your coat pocket? Yeah. I would fully believe. A detective doesn't go without it, so I just have it with me. <laughs> yes. I know somebody, so I claim to have an item stashed away that would be useful to me during a scene. <laughs> and that item is a fingerprint duster. Yeah, roll with roll investigate with advantage. Okay, with advantage. And th is that a plus something? Plus books is what investigate is. So that is a 11. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, so you notice fingerprints from Oset Scuba, Alina, Lucas Bang, and then kind of roughly all over the body, you see a bunch of marks that aren't caused by fingerprints. Mm -hmm that would be caused by bone fingers touching it. Oh. You also, while investigating, notice something else, because every time you go to a new location, you get a clue for free. It's a mixed success clue, so essentially, I will give you a piece of evidence randomly chosen from the Ultimate RPG Game Master's World Building Guide. And you can ask me, do you want it to relate to who did it, why they did it, or how they did it? I want it to be related to who did it. Okay. You notice that in addition to some of the plant life on his body, you see little bits of glitter as well. But there's no fingerprints of Madeline, Mad or whatever her name is. Maybelline. Maybelline. No, you don't see fingerprints of Maybelline. Okay. Is it is it like too much to ask if the I know that like bone fingerprints don't actually have fingerprints, but if they match the size of Kike's bone finger, just to like you, you know you, see if you put your thumb up to check and it's a dead ringer. All right, all right, that's what I a dead ringer. A dead uh, ringer. That's what I suspected. Okay. I have. I guess a couple of things I would like to do around now, but the first thing Hilda is doing is checking to see 
if there are any security cameras that are visible uh, in this room. Yeah, roll me investigation. Or actually, this one I'm going to do understand. I'm not going to do investigate because you have like a specific question in mind. Are there security cameras? Does that change the stat any? No, no, it's the same stat. It's just the difference between in yours. I'm just going to answer your question. I'm not going to use this book if you roll a mixed success. Um, does any PC have a skill that is relevant to that? I don't think so. Um, Come on, Sparky, you got to have something here. Okay, well, so I have a skill in investigation. I also have an inability in perception when focused because she tends to block everything out when she's focused on. But I don't know well, that... luckily, that inability is not relevant to my power, which is my friends or my teachers. I gain plus one forward in any rules related to a skill possessed by a fellow PC. So I get all of your investigation with none of your tunnel vision. Okay, I lend all my investigation to you. However, that only bumps this that only bumps this roll up to a nine, sadly. Oh, bummer. So mixed success? Yes. Yeah, you see a camera. That that tracks with what we saw when we were in Scuba's lair. Okay, alright. We gotta find all the witnesses. Um Hilda is not going to step on toes, so she's already just going to assume that Sparky is going to interrogate Lucas Bang. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And she is going to immediately text Alina with Mom, you need to describe in as much detail as possible exactly what happened after we led everyone to Oset Scuba's office the other night. Okay. Mm. And while waiting for a response from Mom, Hilda is going to see if we can speak to Oset Scuba. I, I know you don't want to split the party, but I have an idea on how to find one of the key clones to ask them because uh, I have Natural Hunter where I can find a creature. Yeah. If I have access to an item related to the creature I'm hunting, and since we're clones, <laughs> like, my whole body is <laughs> an item related to the creature I'm hunting. I love I love to see this kind of defeated look on Kyle. I love that his face, it's, like, like blurred with the backgrounds. <laughs> just... I mean, I think that just means we we hunt them down after... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. After we're finished here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But give me a roll now, since we're talking about it. Okay. Plus fears. And then with advantage, I think, right? Yeah. So a 10. Hey! They're in fucking jail. They got caught <laughs> by the cops. They're all in fucking jail. Oh, I didn't see them. Well, they're not. Who the who the fuck are they gonna call? Ariel? <laughs> no, I, yeah, but like I didn't see them where Irene was, unless like I guess they're probably just in the cells. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you are so there. Irene is held in a temporary jailing facility, and but like you don't see who's all in the cells. You just see who comes out to talk to you. So I have I have a question. Yeah. If Kike were to let let us know about this, could they like unsummon me and I go question one? Uh, like, are they? Oh, can I? Yes. Like that would be powerful. Split. Can I be like across the hall or something? Split. Party. Party. Listen, you are the ones who asked for a full party adventure. If you're gonna if you're gonna split the party, I'll let it happen. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just, just like we can just have a really quick scene where she goes and does that and then comes back. Yeah, you know what? We'll do that. Okay. That's we'll start next episode with your scene talking to a key Okay. Write that down in your notes. Alright. Who else is investigating what? I would like to investigate my necromon. Oh, oh. Yeah, we'll say after you appear, Irene. 
just like a necro card is what bonds a necromon to the here, <laughs> you are what bonds them as well. So actually, after you appear, a few seconds after that, Taladoib, Taladoib, something gets knocked over <laughs> as Boidelrat, who also suddenly appeared Ooh. alongside you, starts knocking over shit. And you can actually see a couple of plants come out of her body and start going on top of the deadly nightshade that is already there at the crime scene. All the other Necromon get summoned as well. Tokyo immediately starts chasing Boidle right off. Tyler, Tyler, runs down the hall. The Mossies are just hiding by Irene's ankles because they are sad and scared. Leia is in front of Irene like I protect. <laughs> Sit. She's talking to the Boidle Rat. Boidle Rat sits. So I, I, I feel like Irene would have cleaned out any deadly nightshade that would have been growing on the Boidle Rat. Yeah. But she'll pick through to make sure. And yeah, you don't see de- any deadly nightshade in Boidle Rat. Which is good, because I'm now one of the dead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's daytime. And as we all know, in the world of Hereafter only, Deadly Nightshade only works at night. Further evidence of a setup. She does not explain this further, but nods. (laughs) (laughs) A setup! A setup for- Ah, no, a ghost! Round 12, round 12! It's a phantom. I already explained this. (laughs) Phantom. Uh, why do you- why do you say that, Irene? The setup combo with with the- the Deadly Nightshade. Clearly, they think that just because I have plant Necromon as my companions, I leave plants everywhere. But I am in general a very neat person. That's true. And my Boidle Rat is not currently shedding this particular plant. Well, I mean, we did we did find Deadly Nightshade like around the other like there was a there was an outline of a skeleton guy like down the hallway. That your Boidle Rat was linked to, and that had Deadly Nightshade too, as did other- Hey, Rod Rod 12, Rod 12! Thank you for the information. Sparky's still taking notes. Oh, well, you're- you're welcome! Gets a slap upside the head by Ron 13. No, Ron 12, we don't tell them things. So you said the skeleton was where? Oh, down the hallway! (laughs) Ron 13 jumps in. Down the hallway. Which all the Necromon, we would know that that's- that is the skeleton body of uh, one of the key clones when Strike Force Necromon just hit a bunch of them in the air vents. Right. Okay. And so you, as I understand it, do not normally carry Deadly Nightshade on your person. I do not, and neither does my Boidle Rat. We shut that down. Okay. And how about Giant Nails? <laughs> also do not carry on my person or my Necromon. That's what I thought. Um, I mean, there there is a possibility that for some reason, Deadly Nightshade just appears after a body appears. Like, is there any any reason for you to believe? That is not true. Well, it's true, but maybe it's starting to happen now, you know? Like, I'm not saying that it does for you because you did it, but it's a thing that they're connecting to you. I am known as a plant aficionado, <laughs> and may I just say... That is not how Deadly Nightshade works. Kid, I was trying to defend you here. <laughs> I understand that, but we must be logical in our defense. But yeah, Kiki, you can't get over a nagging feeling in the back of your mind. Because, like, this body isn't how bodies appear when they're dead. Okay. 
Because bodies don't appear when the dead die. Your soul and your body are the same thing when you're dead. But you see a body in front of you. It's a stuffed doll and the stuffing is cut out, but it's it's a body. And you don't see any sign of like ectoplasm or any other injuries that you might see when someone who is a ghost dies. Is there a possibility that this is a fake body? Like, is there... Well, I was going to ask that. Actually, I wanted to look at the body specifically to see, I know this is a long shot, but what ideally I would like to find is a tag on the inside that says, like, Party City or something like that. I want to <laughs> see if there's any indication this is just a fucking outfit somebody had and then, like, put foot fake stuffing in. Can they do a fake, like, help a friend? Yeah, help a friend. What's your relationship score with Sparky? Your compatibility score? It's not great. It's, like, minus, minus, minus one. Minus one. <laughs> It's minus one. Normally, that would make her roll with disadvantage. I'll just give you the zero benefit and say that it gives Sparky a plus one. Woohoo! Fourteen. <laughs> one shy of a perfect roll. I had an eleven, naturally. So... Uh, give me a tag. I was going to tell you, actually, a second ago, Ari, that you all can add fake body with a question mark to your court record. Yeah, boy. But Sparky... As you look around the body and you see a tag that says Spirit City, <laughs> you can just get rid of that question mark because this is a fake body. A couple of days, like literally two or three days, have passed since the harrowing experience at Scuba Corps Skyscraper. Anything notable you want to note that you've done since then? At least one of the days, just casually checking on Irene just to see that nothing sketch is happening. I don't know if we like exchange numbers or what exactly how he would check on Irene I don't know he also writes her a letter and, uh, I thought that it was a month between each sesh oh you're referring to something that happened earlier in Die Hard yeah like a <laughs> mail postal letter <laughs> no I'm trying to think if I want you to roll for this roll me roll me up roll me a plus heart yeah a plus heart roll me a plus heart six you got six. I got six. That's your second six today. I know. What is it like being me? Does it suck? Uh, but yeah, you check in with Irene. Let's say like the morning after. And Irene, how does how do you respond? Thumbs up. <laughs> oh no. At least at least it's like better than just red. You know, like though actually, would Irene use emojis? Probably not. I feel like Irene has an old flip phone. She probably has a pay, like, she has what I had in middle school, which is, like, a pay-as-you-go phone. You know, you pay for each text and each, uh, each minute. You get the response all in lowercase, F-J-N-E, period. She misspelled fine. He has no idea what this means. <laughs> so he'll probably just be like, yes. <laughs> um, pretty sure she just misspelled fine, T.O. Ah, um, well, okay. 
Sure, I, I don't know if it was one of the like slangs you guys have, you know, like T-T-L-E or something or like... Nobody uses that, T-L. Okay, all right. No, nobody, uh, nobody uses... All right, NFW, they put... I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure the last time you sent me an LOL, I aged by like five years. But it's like lots of love, right? <laughs> sure, Tio. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Behind them, Unwin just does a little heart symbol Aww. with their hands for lots of love. Oh. Scuba space. If you want to make the perfect website inspired by Oset Scuba, we only have one template here, folks, because Oset Scuba has created perfection. Ah. <sighs> And finally, let's talk about Oset Scuba's latest acquisition. Have y'all tried Twitter? Oh, no, no. No, please. We can't date ourselves this way. Don't. No. Wow. The youths already think we're old, Kyle. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. They already called me a boomer on my stream. <laughs> Is everyone laughing at Truba crying? <laughs> I'm a bit disappointed I did the scuba core mattress joke twice. I'm going to be honest, but <laughs> these these chat logs are going to be a fuck. They're going to be a heavens. Oh, they're, yeah, they're... I, I, I knew I was like, oh, this is Kyle's going to grab this content. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is <laughs> you... just for myself. Subscribe to our Patreon, everyone. Booker mostly unsuccessfully attempts to do the little like punching your fist threateningly but the fact is that he doesn't have fingers <laughs> <laughs> so he's just sort of like clacking legs together <laughs> he's just like yeah tapping two legs together very cool are we ready to start the investigation investigation time yes. so i hope we're all ready Oh, that's why you had the tie. I thought it was because, like, you had, like, a wedding. Have you been wearing a suit just for a Phoenix Wright episode? I've been wearing a blue suit this whole time. And you time. wore a jacket over it like an asshole just to conceal the fact that this was a Phoenix Wright episode? I, I thought it's because you, like, had a wedding or something, and I was like, oh, so probably just came straight from the wedding and didn't think of changing. Nope. Okay, that makes more sense, because I was like, that actually looks kind of strange. God... Damn it, Kyle. <laughs> it's a Phoenix Wright episode, everyone. 